Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Tackle the Text. This is an enjoyable time for all of us. Uh, we're so excited to have you all here. Listen, I've got the same crew, but one additional addition for you today. I think it's going to set it off in this place today. So I got Pastor Rama, I got Pastor Hammond, and we got Pastor Matt. How you guys doing? Awesome. So well, listen, we got amazing. all campuses covered. We got North, South, West, and Central. So y'all going to have to hold it down today, man. Y'all ready to go? Excited to be here. So this, this topic today, oh my God. Why do y'all, see, I'm going to get all this flack online like I think of this stuff. <laughs> and you guys think of these topics, y'all give them to me. We got to discuss it. Then everybody online, well, you got to talk about this. So just to say, I did not pick this topic. Who picked it? I don't know. I heard Pastor Torrance Peterson. He's not here. And he ain't here to defend himself. I was going to say himself. Pastor Raymond. I think it's always safe just no, to play it's Pastor Raymond. I, I, go, I go with Pastor Torrance on this, and I Pastor think this Torrance. might have been him. Uh, so, Matt, what are we talking about today? I'm talking about communication and relationships. Communication and relationships. Now, listen, y'all. It's going to be hot like fire. Let me give this disclaimer. I'm about to do it like the uh, commercials where they do the medicine. The views that are expressed by these gentlemen to my right are no way, no way, no wise. The expressed views of the Lighthouse Church. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know what y'all going to say, but none of us are going to pretend like we know everything. But we also are going to talk about what we do know. And experience does teach you a lot. And, um, you know, communication in relationships, um, my pastor said something to me uh, before he passed away. I just was blessed to have a father and a pastor who was in the same person. Everybody knows that story. I remember him telling me that love was, now again, this is, please don't y'all start chatting. Talking, I don't agree with all that. I'm just telling you what the man said in his relationship. He said that communication was the number one most important thing in relationship. He said, it ain't love. He said, love is like number three. He said, above love is communication and commitment. I want to start there. I mean, do you guys agree with that? Do you disagree with that? Let's talk it out. Is commitment and communication for our sake of discussion, is communication more important in relationship than love? Anybody want to jump in? um, I don't know if I would rank it at the top, but I can see where he would say that because Communication is how you communicate whether you do love somebody. It's hard for somebody to know that they're loved if you don't communicate. It's hard to know that somebody's respected or honored or that they're cherished if it's not communicated. So it being at the top in effective communication. Put that in there. Yeah, effective. Because a lot of people talk and don't say nothing. Mm. So, you know, being effective, being able to communicate and articulate what it is that you're saying, what it is that you mean effectively, I think that's probably the most important thing. So that, that adjective effective needs to be placed in front of that, no doubt, uh, because you can be talking and not talking about nothing, right? Yeah. I do agree with you. I think that, and I'm going to chime in and before you guys go, I think that we also need to discuss today the different types of communication yeah. because all communication is not verbal. Yeah. And isn't it not true yeah. that sometimes uh, nonverbal, yeah. have, <laughs> it can influence... <laughs> It can influence what comes out verbally, right? So would you say, Pastor Hammond, would you say that uh, communication is above love in a relationship? I think so, Pastor, from the perspective that uh, a lot of people 
uh, don't know how to communicate love. So for me, communication is the anchor or should be the anchor of everything. Uh, and you were talking just now, I, I thought about this, this viral uh, video uh, and memes that they're going around and say, it says, say this without saying this. You know what I'm saying? You've seen some of those clips. You say you have a, a white shirt without saying you have a white shirt. It's those nonverbal cues that I think in oftentimes in relationships, we've settled for nonverbal without understanding that it's meant for us to perfect our verbal communication because through our verbal communication is where we'll see victory and promise versus the nonverbal because most times people will satisfy themselves on the nonverbal and the nonverbal doesn't bring the promise. I get that. So the nonverbal, is, is the nonverbal sometimes as loud as the verbal? It can be. It can be. So Pastor Rayma, would you say um, that communication is more important than love, or do you have a different perspective? I, I would, I, I'm going to agree with um, Pastor Matt and Pastor Hammond that communication is very important. Um, we have a lot of love, but the lo love is not enough if you don't know how to communicate. And I think that what keeps a relationship, regardless of the relationship, what keeps a relationship is not really love. It's actually the knowledge to know how to communicate. So I would even say knowledge. Because you, the reason why we're saying communication is because we know that communication yeah. is important. There are people that don't know. And my ignorance scares me sometimes. What is it that I don't know about this that would have made it work? Wow. So why, while the love test is important, I think, and love is what can bring you together. Love is what can open the door. I think the knowledge, because what if there are other things besides communication? Or like Matt just added now, effective communication. Yeah. So I think that, that love is good, but it's not enough. So we got this idea that I think there's a consensus. Love is important yeah. in a relationship. It's essential. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Yeah. But he also set up a communication style between man, because man should always pray and never cease. Yeah. And prayer is us communicating with God. Yeah. Um, you know, we had a prayer meeting a few weeks ago, and, and we did it for 90 minutes straight. And it was, the glory was in the room. And I remember I went to go work out um, the Sunday after the Saturday prayer meeting, and the trainer said, how did you guys pray for an hour? He said, I don't know how to do that. And, and that really meant, I don't know how to talk to God in long spans of time. So is it then true that if we are not equipped or capable to talk to God properly for extended periods of time, are our relationships suffering because we also lack that same ability when it comes to our partners our spouses, our siblings, even our employers, where communication is necessary. I think that in order to increase communication, because everybody knows, see, communication is the big headline word. But I think that the reason why, centuries later, understanding that communication is apropos and, and is position A in relationship the reason why we as human beings are not able to get across that hump is because we focus on the headline, but we forget about the small print. Yeah. Okay, communication, boom, there's the big word. But how do you improve it? Yeah. Because if it's not just talking, 
if it's also nonverbal, if it's also intellectual, if it's also all of these things, how do you do it? I would surmise to say that the first thing that I've recognized that must be improved in order for communication to exist or to get better is that there has to be an increase in trust. Because if I don't trust you, you can still be telling the truth and I won't believe you. And if I don't believe you, then it's sounding brass and tinkling cymbals because I can be telling you X, Y, Z happened. But if in the back of my mind there is no trust, I'm, I'm hearing hmm, manipulation or what are you trying to get out of changing the way I perceive or believe? What is, what's going on? So if there is no trust, there is no communication. What are, you, what are your thoughts about Pastor, that? Pastor, it's funny you said that because immediately my mind went to John 14 when Jesus is talking with the disciples and said, let not your heart be troubled. Believe him. I go to prepare a place for you in my father's house of many mansions. Uh, and then Thomas says, well, where are you going and how do, how do I know to get there? Um, and we call Thomas the doubting Thomas. Yeah. But, but I would argue that Thomas was not necessarily a doubting person. He had a lack of trust. But most specifically, he had a lack of control. And I think sometimes we listen or we, we, we walk in the realm of communication. And the problem we face is because we can't control what we're hearing versus what, what the person is saying. Yeah. And so it's a difference between controlling what you're hearing versus what the person is saying. I think for me... Uh, my abilities to increase my communication has been when I've mastered listening versus wow. talking. I, I think that what you're saying is very is 100% accurate. And just to take it a step further, when Pastor talked about trust, and I, I began to think in terms of words, there there is trust, there is tone, there is time, there's a lot of things, but trust is very important. Trust is fundamental. And I, I think about this building, I don't know if I've used this analogy before, Everything in this building, let's say we want to move from this location to somewhere in Sugarland, right? Everything in this building can be transported to that location besides the foundation. Everything. The seats, the chairs, the, set, the, the LED, everything we can. And a lot of people don't understand that trust is equity. You have to, it's almost like I entrust, it's equity. And you can transfer everything but trust. So if I want to start a relationship with you, yeah. I cannot transfer the foundation I had with Pastor Kian yeah. to my relation. I got to build that equity of trust. And a lot of people, and this is why people, I, I know you have baggage from your, from your language. A lot of people, I would never know you have baggage till I hear your language. And that's, that's when you open your words, and when, sorry, when you open your mouth, and I hear how you speak, I know where you're coming from. So I think that we want to set, the, there are a lot of T's, where a lot of um, marriage counselors will, will use words, but I think what Pastor said is very important. I, I cannot move forward. It's over if there is no trust. Because when the foundation is destroyed, what can the righteous do? Everything else can be transferred besides, besides trust, which is the foundation. I think that's so good. And one of the things that I, one of the points I feel like we're getting to, we said trust was number one. What I believe partially is that number two has to be awareness is that there has to be an awareness of yourself and understand because what we're really getting to at some point is that it comes down to interpretation 
it comes down to perception. And if I'm not aware of the uh, what we call blindsides of the trauma that I have, you could be telling me something and I can't hear you, not because of how you communicate it, but because how I receive communication. Because it is a two-way street. It is how I give communication and how I receive it. And if the way I receive communication, the way I listen, the way I interpret, if my lens, if I'm blinded, if I'm looking through a tent, I can never see anything clearly because I'm looking at you like you're him or I'm looking at him like he's you. And if every time that, that, that my wife yells at me, I look at my mom who yelled at me when I'm eight, then it's not your fault. My communication is messed up. So if my awareness isn't in the right place, if, 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 if I compare you to a coach, if I compare you to anything outside of who you are, so finding my own trigger, seeing who I am, being aware of me, but also being aware of the person that I'm communicating with, that is how you establish effective communication on both sides. So in, in my last sermon, I said, um, I believe I said that without communication, there is no relationship. Yeah. And without respect, there is no love. Yeah. But without trust, there is no need to continue because once trust leaves the room, um, one of my favorite books is uh, by Stephen Covey. The name of the book is called The Speed of Trust. The premise of the book is, is that whenever trust is low, cost is high. And whenever cost is high, it's a result of the trust being low. Uh, Prime example, um, if we are on this stage and this wood is by X company, but all of a sudden we fall through. And we fall through this stage and then we go online and say, hey, never buy wood from this company again. If that company wants to stay in business, they're going to have to fortify their factory. They're going to have to buy commercial time to let everybody know that they, they, they solved the problem. We saw this with Blue Bell ice cream. Remember when all of that came out and, and, and people were afraid to eat it and they had to buy up local time and newspaper and let everybody know why? Because when the trust went down, they had to spend more money to get the trust back. It is expensive to be in anything where there is no trust because the cost of operation is higher than the dividends that return. So it also brings me to the next thing, and I know you're going to say something, Pastor. I want you to uh, uh, say what you're going to say and, and, and put this in it because once the trust is gone, whether it's the eight-year-old in me reacting to my mom yelling at me where, where, where you are newlywed and your wife yells at you and you know you love her and, and, and you and I and her, we've met a thousand times. There's no doubt you love her. I can see it. Uh, I see how you honor her. Look at how trauma will make us sometimes forget about that honor. And when we're in that moment, it's not about how much I love you, not how much I honor you, but how I feel right now, which leads me to the second thing that if we're going to improve the communication and trust in our relationships, then we have to have better conflict resolution methods. Then it boils down to how we resolve internal and external conflict. Pastor, you are in my head again. I'm serious. Man, we do that all the time. That's crazy. Because, because first of all, when Matt was um, speaking, what I wanted to add was, because you were talking about filters, and people say you're in your feelings. Maybe you were just seen through a different filter. So maybe filters and feelings, there's a whole lot that goes into it because you see the world the way you are, not the way it is. Um, Wait a minute. Hold up. Hey. You said we see the world. Please say that. Everybody, see, get your see. notepad out. Write this down because this is, this is right now that blip on the radar that just hit. This is, this is incredible. Say that again. Um, you, we see the world the way we are, not the way it is. I just think that's genius. Yeah. I, I, just, I just think that is absolutely amazing. Pastor, if I'm a thief and I come in here and, and you move your hands, I'm like, what is he trying to steal? 
But if I'm a giver and you move around and say, oh, you want the phone? That's fine. You can have it. The same reaction, the same response, but different filters. And I think that I began to ask my, that's the whole self-awareness and social awareness. I began to, and emotional quotients, emotional intelligence, we can go all of that. But, but I think it's very important for us to begin to ask ourselves, how am I responding to people's actions? Yes, Paul says, I became all things to all men and all of that. And, and Paul grew up to a point where he could say, I defrauded no man because he was now aware of his stand and his position in Christ. But ultimately, wherever we are, this is how we know if we are still hurting, if we're still bleeding. Because if any time somebody say, I mean, I can do the same thing, but produce a different response. You are preaching the same message to us. Somebody's there judging. Another person is there accepting. And we are processing what you're saying. This is why you, can, you have to do what you have to do for yourself. Because regardless of what you do, people are going to have an opinion because they have an experience, because they have feelings, and they have filters. I mean, that is, listen, man, that is so amazing. I, I remember reading a quote once that says uh, that, uh, staying in a relationship with no trust is like being in a car with no gas. You can stay in it as long as you want, but you still won't get anywhere. And, and it, it's, it's missing. I think that what you said is a viral clip. It's a moment that the world needs to hear. You see the world the way you are and not the way it is. Pastor, I, I, you're in my head too because I was thinking your response has value, but your reaction has consequences. Oh my God. And, and Hold on, you stop now. <laughs> see see how they fight? They don't fight fair. One swing, the other one swing. Down goes Frazier. Can you say that your, again? Your response has value, but your reaction has consequences. Wow. I, I, I think about it's, it's more how it's better to respond to a thing. And you talked about the bluebell scenario. When something happens negatively, it's, yeah, they reacted behind the scenes. Somebody got fired probably. But the importance was on our response. And a lot of us will miss our moments because we are so focused on the reaction and not the response. And I'll lead into that uh, back to the eight-year-old me. My mom, uh, I got got whoopings. (laughs) Me too. And so uh, when I had my children, I said, you know what? I'm not going to whoop my kids a lot. And God has blessed me, hallelujah, (laughs) that I I didn't have to whoop my children as much as I got whoopings, right? But what I ended up becoming was a yeller. And I had to realize it wasn't to the point that my son in his senior year said, Dad, you know what? When you yell at me, I shut down. And I thought I had mastered being a great parent because I didn't do the discipline that I didn't want to have done to me, to my children. But the reality was I still missed the moment because I didn't understand, like you said, what he needed to hear from me. I thought my communication was, I'm just not going to whoop him like I was whooped. But I yelled at him. He said, you know what? I shut down. And it was at that moment I got delivered. I said, you know what? I'm going to yell at you. I still yell. (laughs) (laughs) But but I, I I I found the mature manhood in that moment. Because now I'm not talking to a young boy. I'm talking to a young man. man. And I had to realize that he needed to hear my voice uh, in a different different way. And so sometimes I segue, and I'll pass this, that your communication has to change. And a lot of us stay to the same place where we think our communication doesn't change. The only thing that doesn't change is God. He said, I change if not. Yes, sir. So if God doesn't change, we got to change the way we do. Let me ask a question, sir. 
because you, you talked about <laughs> whooping, and as an African, <laughs> I'm just thinking about that. But <laughs> do y'all whoop in Africa? Um, no, we don't. Okay, we are very um, holy Christians. We don't. I'm just joking. <laughs> He's racist, son. We get beat. <laughs> We get a beating. We don't get a whooping. <laughs> <laughs> By his stripes, we are healed. <laughs> but but my question is, could it be possible that we are basically training our children on how to communicate by the way we communicate? Because the environment they are raised in. The reason I say this is, it dawned on me one day that I called my wife what I saw my dad call my mother. And I said, where did that come from? So language came out of what I was immersed in. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God. So I, 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 I had to become intentional about because my, what I thought was my default setting was already set by my environment. So I, I, that, that was a, a, an awakening for me because we are raising kids and I think that yelling and shouting and beating, some, it's necessary, it's important, but, but I think that sometimes is the lowest form of communication. Yeah. Because sometimes you can have a conversation. Pastor, I heard you once. It's, it's many years back. You said, I don't beat them. I have conversations with them. And I'm like, what type of person is this? How do you? I was like, you, you have to come live in my house. But now I'm beginning to understand that you have developed enough communication skills where I don't need to, resp- I don't need to react yeah. to what you're doing. Yeah. I need to respond because I have the control, and I'm not going to give you the control just because of the way you react to me. Yeah, my, my daughter, she's nine now. I, I don't whoop her. Uh, and in the context of how I grew up, she has done things deserving of it. You know, and I'm not, I'm not, not doing it because I don't believe in it, because uh, the Bible says beat them and they will not die. But that's a whole nother story. I'm just kidding. But I'm just joking. But I, um, I don't spank her because I found out that that's not what she responds to. Yeah. If it worked for a response, I would implement it. But something else gets her. So it is, it is finding the strategy that works for the person you're talking to, which brings out, which brings out my comment. The reason why we struggle in our relationships is because we have one blanket reaction, although we're talking to a multiplicity of people, that whenever somebody um, infuriates us, we got one reaction for everybody. Whenever somebody hurts our feelings, we've got one reaction, whether it's yell or scream or shut down. But I think that your reaction to communication should be as diversified as the amount of people you communicate with. It is immaturity to have the same default setting for every situation. Some people internalize, some people externalize. And then the internalizer will think that because I held it in, I'm superior to the externalizer because you're exploding. But here's the problem. The internalizer shuts down. The externalizer talks too much. And both communication style leaves us in the same place, not hearing one another. The person who is the communicator will over-talk it. But there is a such thing as too much communication. And then the internalizer will say, you know what? I just learned to keep it in. That isn't good either because now you're imploding and you're, you're coming up to conclusions without assistance. Because when the only person you talk to is you, then you have tried the case. You have 
banged the gravel, and you have given the sentence, and you are the jury, and you can't be the judge, jury, and defense attorney, or everybody will be guilty based on what you sense, believe, or feel. So I believe that our communication styles cannot be blanketed. I don't spank Caitlin because she doesn't do things worthy of being disciplined. I don't spank her because I recognize my conversations work with her. And in the event she gets older and, and it no longer works, I will switch strategies Right. You can't. My daughter, you can't you can take stuff away and she's just she's distraught. You can look at her. My daughter responds to disappointing me rather than fearing me. I used to I used to try to make her fear me. You heard what your father said. And I I would see her just freeze up. No man wants to see his child, his daughter. Not if you love him. Fearing you. I remember I saw the fear in her eyes one day. I yelled at her and I recognized, oh, no, no, this is hurting me more than it's hurting her. And am I hurting the futuristic version of her? And and I got to say this, too. I think I think that one of the worst things a parent can do is to leverage their child as a pit to throw their garbage so they can feel better in the moment. That, that, you, that you will totally disregard this little person so that you can feel good about your decisions in the moment. You can't rip your child's future away so that you can have a fighting chance today. You're 60, you're 40, you're 50. If you haven't figured it out now, you can't do it on your 18-year-old. So, so communication to me, uh, Matt, and I want to hear from you, has to be multifaceted. I don't talk to you. Let me just tell you, I talk to all of y'all different. I talked to y'all today. I remember, I can give personal examples, and every one of y'all Pastor, up here. Pastor, Pastor you, know, you know I'm laughing. Why, man? Because you are in my head, and you have to say what you have to say. But I literally was about to say, you said multi, multifaceted. Yeah. I, and I was like, that means what Pastor is saying, and I wrote it down, is that in order to have effective communication, you have to be multilingual. Yes, sir. And speak different languages because you cannot, and you basically just said it. And what, I was like, what does Jesus say? Like, what does Jesus say to the saint? He says to the saint, you know what? Come unto me all year heavy laden and I will give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you. It'll be my burdens are light. So he says to those of us who God so loved the word that he gave his only begotten son, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. That's for those of us who know him. But the scripture also lets us know that prior to being saved, you cannot pray for things. You must first pray the prayer of salvation. He even has different communication styles based on where we are with him. You can't be asking for grace until you ask for salvation. And once you ask for salvation, then you can ask for grace. He doesn't talk to, I don't even talk to all of you all the same. I, I remember one day Matt called me and Matt said, hey pop, uh, this is what was on my mind and this is what me and, and Fire were thinking and what's your thought about it? And I said, you, me and him talk man to man, right? Face to face, eyeball to eyeball. We were on the phone, but we were like, you know what? Say what you got to say. Let me say what I have to say because we got a devil we got a, we got a, a, a kill and, and we can't have any misunderstandings. But me and Hammond have never had a conversation like that. Hammond is the kind of guy that Hammond talks to you in passing. He ain't going to call you. He'll wait until you're walking down the hallway and ain't nobody around. Hey, Rev, this was on my mind, and he'll do it that way. You, on the other hand, you will do both. You will call me on the phone if you think it's important, but if you feel like I'm busy, you won't call me because you don't want to take me away from it, but you'll walk me to my car and you'll carry my bag in order to say what you want to say. I know all of that about you all. I know everything about that, and so I communicate with you all differently. 
differently based on how I know. But what if I talked to you the way I talked to him? You wouldn't feel loved. You wouldn't feel loved because Hammond, Hammond doesn't need it. It doesn't, work he, it doesn't work for him. Hammond is going to ask you what he needs to ask you when it needs to be asked and ain't going to ask nothing at no other time, no other time. You are a growing man. You are a young man with a young family. You still got questions. You have unanswered questions. He's been married longer, half as long as you and I have been alive. Think about that. So you're in a different state, which means our communication is different. He just got married a few months ago, even though they've been together a long time. And his communication style, since he's been married, oh, my God, he's a whole different, he's an entirely different man. Can you see it, Hammond? Entirely different man. Why wouldn't our communication be as diversified and evolutionary as the people we're talking to? And when the person has evolved, then our communication style must evolve with them. Because if you don't... Disagreements. Disagreements. Yes. How can two walk together? Except they agree. What she was saying, it it brought me back to two words. Humility and intentionality. That was, the, that was the only two things that came across my mind because you had to be humble enough to say, I'm not going to stand in one place and, I'm, and you are going to adjust to me. No, if I'm going to be effective, I have to adjust to you all. Talk and I about have that. to be intentional enough to say, you know what, this is how Pastor Raymond is. This is how he responds. Let me throw out a couple of trigger words. I remember when me and Pastor first started getting to get to know each other, he would ask me little questions. And me and him were kind of like in a sense, I, like, I know he's just feeling me out. He's saying, how do you respond to this? How do you respond to that? Let me not talk to you today and see how you respond to this. Let me talk to you today. And when he got to know me... He said, okay, I know how to deal with Matt. I, I, I know what to do here. I know what to do there. I know he can speak to me candidly. He knows, he knows okay, I can be straightforward with you. He knows my sports background. So he talked to me like a coach at times. So in things like that, he was intentional enough, but he had the humility to sit back and say, let me learn him first. Yes, and with the same thing that he said about his daughter, he was, humili- uh, he was humble enough to say, hey, let me really see. Because if my bottom line, if my why, if my mission is to make her be the best woman that she can be, is to love her. Let me see what works best. And instead of saying, hey, you know, you're going to adjust to what I do. You're going to be raised this way. I have, I coached two, uh, two so kids. Good, um, and I'll just make a quick story about this. But they were twins. They're twins. And from the first week of recognizing, I, went, I recognized, I said, oh, if I yell at you, your practice is over with. Mm. You can go home, pack it up, go play the game. There's no need for you to be out here ever again. Mm. But if I love on you. Instead of me getting mad at you, if I say, hey, man, you know you can do better than that. Let me show you. Let me encourage you. Let me build you up first. He would go miles. He would run through a wall. And then his brother, on the other hand, if I did that with him, he would shut down. You got to yell at him. (laughs) You got to. But doesn't that show that even two people in the same womb, you can't raise two kids the same way? That's good. Diversity. You have to be able to diversify yourself. I was going to say with that that I think communication is constructive. Um, And in construction... Everything is not pretty, but if you stay long enough, you're going to have a great goal. And one of the things that, that in this conversation that, that I've learned to admire more about our pastor is that I've seen him in, in illustrations in real-life settings where he's had to be constructive with a person, uh, and all of us specifically. Uh, and to us at the moment, it may feel like a tearing down moment. But as a leader, yeah. as a CEO, as a pastor... As a father in the gospel, he's maneuvering things that this wall don't need to be here. I'm not tearing the house down. 
I'm rearranging. But in the same light, he comes back and then he affirms. And I, I, when, the, when I saw it the first time, I said, wait a minute. This person just got chewed out. Yeah. And he know how to chew. <laughs> <laughs> but in the next breath, he affirmed the person as if they never did anything. And the person went on their way with joy. That is not hypocrisy. That I, is a skill. I, said, I need, I need when, yes. it's, it's not, it, it, because a lot of people might, might, might be saying right now, oh, but, but you didn't mean it. But you, no, you're, you're, no. you're not being, because a lot of people are going to say that. Yes. But what you don't know is that it takes muscle yes. and it takes time yes. and it takes strategy, like you talked about being constructive, to be able to know that I am making withdrawals, but I need to know where I am so I can make deposits also. So I'm not in the red. And I had to learn that was a character that I needed because in, in and I, I manage people on a job and I'm the type of, ma I used to be the kind of manager, I was always given the person, I was mentored in business, I'm only going to tell you when you need to improve versus give you the attaboy. And everybody is not that kind of person. Some people need that attaboy. Yeah. And I learned this from this man. That in the same breath that you're, you're going to uh, pierce or iron sharpens iron, yeah. in the same breath, you got to affirm. I, I think that communication, and Pastor Hammond, you put that very apt. I think that communication is like developing an appetite, developing your palate. And it's almost like and the, you are spot on because I would rather taste the bitter truth than feed on sweet lies. <laughs> Well, again, I would rather here taste, he is. I would rather taste bitter the truth. bitter truth yeah. than feed and fist on sweet lies. And I think that people have developed a palate for sweet, sweets, sweets, yeah. and they're developing cavities without even knowing. And I think communication is very important to understand that we can agree on a subject, but we don't have to be subject to our disagreements. I, I can, I can. I can disagree with you, but I don't have to dismiss you. I can disagree with the point, but I don't have to dismiss the person. And I think that's why I said it's a skill. Because people don't know how to do that. They think, oh, you, you have to size. No, 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 no. This is a skill that you are being intentional because it's almost like an emotional bank account. I know how much I have deposited. We talked about trust. I know how much I have deposited. And Pastor Dosmore, yes, he can chew, but he knows how to pour. My, the problem with people today is that we have people that can chew, but they don't know how to pour. Wow. And so when you see somebody chew me out and I'm still with him, you want like, he's my, no, 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 no. He knows how to pour. Where are you when he's doing the pouring? The text message, the random, I know you and this part of the world, but you, you're, you're sending text messages. How is Abigail? How is Adam? I was like, what is, uh, but that is you pouring in. So I think that this is a skill, and this is not someone trying to be two-sided. And I, I, I want to say, please, you can, you can disagree without being dismissive. Yeah. It's very important. This is not me against you. This is us against it. And I think when you understand that, it changes the paradigm. I've always told Stephanie, we are not fighting. It's, it's not you versus me. It's we, both of us, against it. Yeah. So what is the point? We can disagree with the point, but I don't have to dismiss the person. I love that. I think that, uh, and you all are right. I have, uh, I've chewed you out. 
Um, I've encouraged you. Um, I've given you advice. And, and, and sometimes discouraged ideas that you had that I didn't believe would work. I have done that. The reason my communication with you all is the way it is, and this is what I think, I hope everybody's listening to me. You have to be okay with the communication that comes with the position you asked a person to have in your life. I don't just walk up to the random person at the grocery store and chew them out. But if you ask me to be a father, if you ask me to be a mentor, if you ask me to be a pastor, then I have to separate the wheat from the tear. And, and it comes with the territory. And I've, I've told myself I'm never going to be more of the chewer than I am the poor. I'm going to make sure that you understand that on your worst day, you're still good enough for me. On your worst day, I love you. I've told every one of you, there is nothing you will ever do that will make me turn my back on you because you were human when I met you and you didn't become divine because you were called. You were men when I met you. You were depraved and fallen like me when I met you. So how can I have an expectation for you that I don't have for myself? That's why we can get along because I've been you. I know what it's like. to. And, and here's the other thing. The reason why you can trust me as a father is because I got one. See, most times people want to be for you what they won't subject themselves to because you don't know how my bishop chews me out. And you don't know how many times I've had to put the the phone on mute and cry based on what he said to me. But guess what? Hear me when I tell you this. Every time he did it, I deserved it. I deserved it. I was out of line. My thoughts were all over the place. I wasn't in agreement. Whenever he got on me, and it's only been three times in 15 years, I deserved every chewing out that I have received because I was in a different place in those moments, and he knew better. And he told me, he said, my attaboy ain't that easy to get. You ain't going to get an attaboy from me. Just He said, see, this is the deal. There's a difference between mama's love and daddy's love. Yes, sir. Daddy's love is different. Daddy's love is different. You, you got you to cut the whole yard to get daddy's attaboy. Mama might say, good job, baby, just because you put your hand on the, on the one blade. One blade of grass. Go look at my baby cutting grass. Daddy ain't going to say nothing until it's done to the, to the weed eater, done got the edges and, and the bushes, and get, get all of that stuff out, out of the, the, the flower bed, get all of that. And then daddy says, that's what men do. And that's how we communicate. So what, the way I communicate with you is based on what you asked me to be. Hey, everybody, we've got to stop right there. We've got to stop right there because this thing went on longer than we anticipated. So I want you to come back next Tuesday at 7 o'clock Central Standard Time, same place you're watching it right now, and you'll get a chance to see part two of our communication in relationship topic on this episode of Tackle the Text. But I'm going to give you an opportunity to give, as we always do. You know, it is good to give. It is more blessed to give than it is to receive. And every week I come and I give you an opportunity to give. One gift makes room for you to receive all week long. I pray that you would run into unexpected areas of receipt, unexpected areas of receipt, and that God is going to bring you to a place where you get to set your own salary, that you get to speak what you want to make and that it will be so in your life. Now, I decree it and declare it, but you got to pick up your feet and you got to do something. And one way you do that right now is releasing that seed. They're going to put instructions on the screen right now to show you exactly how you should give. Text to give online through the app 
And if you're a Lighthouse 2.0 member, they're going to show you how to connect with us. And also, you give through the app called Givelify. We'll see you next week for another episode of Tackle the Text. Until then, I love you and ain't nothing you can do about it.